0: Hey everybody, it's Drags, and it's Wednesday, July 17th. Time for episode 307 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com, of course. And follow us, as always, on Twitter, at Patriots CLNS. Welcoming back this week, Mike Duso covering all things Patriots, with his terrific site, patspropaganda.com. Follow Mike on Twitter at where else? P A T S P R O P A G A N D A. That's at Pat's propaganda. Long time no talk, Mike. Ah, it's great to talk to you, Trags. It's exciting. Training camp starting up next week. It's uh,
1: always a, a great time of year. Lots to talk about and uh, to be excited about because nothing's happened yet.
0: <laughs> What's the most important part of football offseason for somebody like you, who is uh, you know around the clock on the Patriots? You've got to get some time to recharge your battery, right?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I try to, you know, I try to just go at my own pace and, uh, you know, ride the flow of the off season. you know, go into free agency and then turn the page to the draft. And, uh, you know, once they kind of have all of their their team building done, at least for the initial part of the off season, uh, that that's when it's the most fun to me when you can dive in and, you know, look at the rookie prospects that are actually on the roster, not, you know, potentially a draft pick. So uh, great time of year. I love it. Lots to write about.
0: We'll get to the uh, rookies in just a minute. Let's talk about one of the few concerns on this Patriots team as they look to join the Bills as the only NFL team in history to make four consecutive Super Bowl appearances. Of course, just a little different as the Patriots have won two of the last three and six overall. That concern is the offensive line, namely the left tackle position. We're all assuming, right, Mike, that uh, Isaiah Wynn not only lives up to his billing coming out of Georgia as a first-rounder in 2018, but that he can recover fully from an Achilles injury that sidelined him last year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's, it's a really interesting spot, and I mean the Patriots had such continuity in the early part of the you know the dynasty, uh, I, I guess the the full dynasty with you know between Matt Light and Nate Solder, and now here we are the second year in a row kind of turning things over, and, and yes, it's a, a significant injury having a you know an Achilles, but you know it sounds like he's projected to be ready, but uh, it's a lot to ask, and I think you know at the very minimum it's going to be a, a different presence on the offensive line uh, outside of Trent Brown, and, and and I mean you also wonder. You know, the Patriots did go out and try to sign Jared Valdir, who, who, you know, since, I guess, retired, <laughs> one of those situations. Yep. Uh, so, you know, they, they tried to build the depth. I, I, I think it's definitely a spot to watch.
0: Well, obviously, everybody talks about Dante scarnecki and deservedly so, as someone who can figure it out on the fly better than anybody in the NFL. You don't have a lot of proven options behind Isaiah Wynn. Should Isaiah Wynn... You know, go down or not quite be a hundred percent after they get through the first week or so of contact uh, of training camp practice, with, which, as you mentioned, is just about uh, a week and a half away. Um, you have Yodney Kajust, a uh, third-round pick, who you know a lot of people are pretty high on. They think out of uh, West Virginia can come in, step in, and do the job. Yeah, he's one for sure. I'm excited to see. Uh,
1: they, I mean, you know, they also lost their third tackle in Adrian Waddle. So I mean, there, there's two. Two new tackle spots, really, when you consider the starters and, uh, you know, that third tight end, or sorry, the third tackle role might be even more important. You know, without Rob Gronkowski, you really don't have one of those wide blocking tight ends. Great so point. that might force you to lean on the third tackle a little more, and, and that spot is wide open. You're looking at other guys, Cole Croston, Cedric Lang, Tyree St. Louis, who are these guys? Uh, you know, Joe Tooney's been at left tackle. So uh, an interesting spot. You know, you're, you're, you're grateful to have those four kind of positions locked down between left guard and right tackle. But after that, there's some big questions.
0: What about Joe Tooney at left tackle? That uh, intrigues me. If, if the Patriots are put in that position where they feel, you know, Isaiah Wynn either isn't ready or uh, for some reason he goes down, um, you know, Joe Tooney at left tackle is the most proven offensive lineman. I think to handle that position, uh, but do you want to take away from the interior communication with David Andrews and Shaq Mason and the, and the and the chemistry that those three have?
1: Sure, I mean that's the you know the trickle down effect, and I mean they they also have another rookie that they picked up, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher his name. Shalte Froholt is my is my attempt at it, mm-hmm. uh, but very wait, good. Do, do? Yeah, is that pretty good? Uh, but you also, you know, Brian Schwenke, James Ferentz, these are, you know, guys that, that have had some, some experience. So they have a little bit more backup, you know, uh, depth there. Uh, they, just, they just don't have it at tackle right now. So that's it's really going to be one of the spots to watch. And, I mean, fingers crossed, Isaiah Wynn steps in, looks great, uh, and, and goes the length of the season.
0: <laughs> what did you think of Trent Brown last year? I thought he was very good um, and certainly got stronger as the year's, year went on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it was, it was just such a, an, an element of, of size. And I mean, I think he was a big part of, of the ground game. And, you know, again, when you talk about taking him out of the equation, Waddle out of the equation, uh, Gronk, Dwayne Allen, those are, you know, four pieces who all played roles in that ground game. So um big question again connected to the tackles and and you know the transition from brown is you know can they produce that reproduce that kind of success they had especially in the playoffs you know where they ran over 150 yards in all three games and i I think that was a, a huge key to that team last year
0: i also think that the patriots interior offensive line is as strong and as consistent as you'll find in the national football league i know there are those who would uh, make an argument for the Dallas Cowboys, certainly. Um, any others that you think compare favorably to what the Patriots can put up uh, in terms of uh, the three guys that I just mentioned? I mean, not off the top of my head. It's it's, it's hard to find someone that
1: they're just so consistent. Uh, you know, I mean, together like as said, a group. Yeah, just as a group. And, and, you know, sometimes it does look a little shaky. I mean, I think we always kind of have – freakouts in September uh, about the offensive line, and, and they, they certainly are, are capable, just as the whole team is, of having those kind of September clunkers. But, uh, you know, by the end of the year, they are always on the same page. I mean, the work that they did in the run game last year behind Mason and Tooney and Andrews, uh it just, uh, you know, outstanding. And, and, you know, the kind of stuff we really haven't seen around here since Corey Dillon. So um, it was exciting to watch. They're all really interesting guys. I mean, not the biggest, you know, in Mason, but and, and now with Wynn as well. But, you know, Really athletic, and uh, it's fun to watch.
0: It's almost as if the the Patriots and, and uh, Dante Scarnecchia and obviously Belichick and Josh McDaniels rely on that offensive line developing throughout the season and developing their timing. The thing about the offensive line that I don't think gets talked about enough in the National Football League, it's not just power, and it's not just um, – speed, it's quickness and timing, and I think that's why you see a team like the Patriots struggle at the beginning of the season until they find rhythm and timing together.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's why I think it was so, you know, kind of um, strange to us when we had those brief years where all of a sudden they were kind of rotating guys on the offensive line and it was like, you know, wait, 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 With, you know, give them time to work together and, you know, kind of get it down. Um, you know, it's, it's I don't think we've ever quite seen it come together like it did last year where it was just, you know, considering the defensive tackles that they, you know, faced in the Super Bowl, you know, to do the job that they did against those guys, I mean, you know, it's it, it was just remarkable
0: uh there's absolutely no question about that and like you said the job they did against Aaron Donald and Andomican Sue just to name two of those rams along the defensive line uh certainly went a long way in earning uh reparation and and a sense of forgiveness from patriots fans for what happened to the uh, in against the eagles one year before in in super bowl 52
1: Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, Chiefs trikes, look at us. We're going for like ten minutes straight on just the offensive line. I don't know if,
0: if anyone nerds out like they, like we do on this. Trust topic. me, <laughs> when you're a Patriots fan, you love all of the speculation going into training camp about what you should be watching. I'm not. Look, both of us here are not. We're not sitting here and going, we're losing our minds over the freaking offensive line. But if you <laughs> on, on a team that has had so much success and that has very few roster questions, really, going into training camp. The one area that you're going to focus on going into training camp is the offensive line, right? At, and tight
1: end. I mean, I think the, 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 that's the first spot my eyes are going. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be hard to read a little bit with Watson in the mix, uh, You know, but then having to face suspension. So, I mean, I, I think the tight end position goes hand-in-hand hand with that tackle spot as the, the
0: biggest question marks, you know, right out of the gate. Speaking with Mike Dussault, covering the Patriots for Pat's Propaganda. Baseball season is in full swing here following the All-Star break, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. This weekend, a pair of big showdowns as the Nationals battle the NL East leading Braves down in Hotlanta while the Red Hot A's visit Minnesota to challenge the Twins. Because you're a loyal listener of Patriots Beat and CLNS Media, we are giving you an extra 50% added to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash trags and use that promo code CLNS50. Best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash trags, T-R-A-G-S, use that promo code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus. You will receive a 50% bonus on your qualifying first deposit only. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Back with Mike Dussault of PatsPropaganda.com. Follow him on Twitter at PatsPropaganda. Well, you mentioned the tight end position uh, before our break there. What about the tight end position who is first in your lo- uh, mind to replace Rob Gronkowski?
1: Oof, this is a tough one. I mean, believe me, I'm trying to convince myself, but it's, it's, it's not easy. Um you know, I know that they, you know, brought in Matt Lacoste, but I mean, again, look, I think Obviously we have the disclaimer, no one is gonna replace Rob Gronkowski. They're they're gonna to have to just do it piecemeal. One guy's gonna have to block, maybe be it a tackle or a heavier tight end, and another guy's gonna to have to, you know, go out and catch passes and they'll figure it out. Um but you know, Lacasa is not gonna be that blocker. Uh he's, you know, at his best. He's playing out and, you know, running. Close routes, I mean, his hands are hit or miss. I mean, it's, you know, it's, again, it's hard to convince yourself he's going to come in and, uh, and, you know, and, and, really all of a sudden take off. I mean, I hope he does, but, uh, he'll be certainly the guy that everyone will be looking at. And then you look at a guy like Ryan Izzo, who certainly looks the part as a blocker, at least, uh, and, and undrafted rookie Andrew Beck as well, you know, looks the part as a blocker. Uh, and the last guy is Steven Anderson, the, the move, you know, another move tight end who does have NFL experience. So it's, you know, it's a mishmash. There's no, there's no clear guy that you can say he's going to be the one we're just going to have to see how it plays out
0: the h factor being an h back i'm going to throw something i'm going to do try to predict a wrinkle that bill belichick always throws at you what about the patriots shifting to an h back look more with james devlin
1: i mean i i love it i mean you're, you you might really have to lean on devlin a lot based on those you know kind of Losses that you've had in the run blocking game on, on the edges of the of the offense, so I think they're going to have to get a little bit creative at times, probably to get around the transition. Because I don't expect you know Yadni Kajust and 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 Isaiah Wend to step right in and things are you know seamless and, and you know they're going to have to to use Devlin in a way to get him aiding out on the outside of the, of the offensive line. So um, I, I love it. The more you can get Devlin, hey, I'm a big fullback guy. Tom Rathman, sign me up all day. Uh, the more Devlin, the better as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, you know, and as we're talking, uh, I'm looking up James Devlin's stats, uh, career catches. And I know, uh, I can remember, I think it was last year, he had a couple of key receptions that uh, Tom Brady gave him a lot of credit for and actually last year 2018 you know this i bet you this will surprise you a lot he Far had away. 12 receptions on 17 targets no touchdowns that's more than i thought that's 12 catches 17 reception uh, on 12 catches on 17 targets look he's not going to be a tight end but an h back role is a little bit different a lot different than a tight end
1: yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he has enough wiggle to his game to ever be one of those true offensive, you know, pieces that are going to make teams pause. I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point. But uh, The, the you know, thing
0: I, is here, the reason I'm putting this out there, all right, is what you don't want is for Devlin to be a key that, oh, Devlin's in the game. There's no way they're going to pass the ball.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and by that same token, they did that to teams last year, and they were still powerless to stop the James Devlin wrecking crew. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think overall there's been a real concerted effort to focus on the run game. Uh Damian Harris, the the rookie draft pick, he's a, he's another guy I'm I'm pretty high on, and I think a lot of people are. Just given the injury history of the running backs, and you know, I think Devlin's definitely a huge part of that, whether he's blocking for Michelle Burkhead, Harris, or, or all three of them. I think. So they're going to be a big core, of this this team, and, and they're going to have to figure out that run game uh, because, again, they don't have those tackles that
0: they did. Staying on offense, wide receiver group, who has the greatest chance in your mind, Mike Dessau of patspropaganda.com, to step up, be the number two behind Julian Edelman? And no, I'm not including James White as an option. A true wide receiver is what we're talking about here, though I'm sure Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels would beg to differ a little bit. A lot of people, including our own Evan Lazar, Mike, seem to be putting a lot of stock in rookie uh, Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State, big, reasonably fast, and can do th- two things crucial to Tom Brady. He goes up and fights for the 50-50 balls, and he breaks tackles.
1: Yeah, he's exciting. I mean, it's uh, it, 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 it does feel a little bit strange to feel, you know, like so confident reliant on a rookie wide receiver in this offense, but he certainly looks the part. He's a guy I was, you know, super high on. I mean, he just screamed Patriots to me, uh, coming out, uh, you know, you're almost penciling Harry and Edelman in. is just like, all right, of course, they're going to be the guys we know, and we'll bring Thomas along. Um, so, you know, that other guy, I think Maurice Harris is kind of the guy that I'm, I'm most curious about. He's, you know, one of those veterans who's, you know, is in Washington, shows some promise, had a real good year last year. Uh, one game, you know, in particular where he really went off. So he's one I'm excited to kind of see play, you know, rub that Tom Brady factor on him and, and see how he looks in this offense. Dontrell Inman good one him too i mean i think both those guys right there same kind of situation you know it's another veteran had some success here and there um i with those two guys i feel like it's take your pick and then you just kind of cross your fingers that the barrios kind of looks like edelman 2.0 and then you're you're all set
0: what to make of philip dorsett uh, speaking of a former cult another former cult what to make of philip dorsett now
1: Oh, see, I'm just, I'm not, I'm admittedly, I'm not a big Philip Dorset guy. I mean, I feel he's one of those guys. He looks the part. He says all the right things. He's, you know, first one there, last one home kind of guy. But when you get on the field, he just never seems to put it together. I know he had some you know, he some was key, big key in the catches. AFC Championship. Sure, he had some key catches, sure. But, you know, it's now, ne- it's, it's because he's making the catch. It's not like he's making somebody miss or, you know, it's like, oh, and he's wide Fair open enough. and he caught it. You know, it's, it, those plays. I, you know, he's fine. I think he's, he's that replacement level Patriots receiver. And, you know, you saw it last year. You know, Josh Gordon comes in and guess what? All of a sudden, you don't see any more Philip doors you know, Josh Gordon walks right in and, you know, and takes every snap from him. So, um, you know, I think he's fine. He's like the backup plan. If Inman and Harris don't click and Berrios, you know, gets dinged up, uh, you know, he he has a definite shot at get, making the roster.
0: All right. Speaking of former Patriots wide receivers who were on the 2018 squad, Cordero Patterson who signed this offseason with the Chicago Bears. Good for him. He won his Super Bowl ring. And props to Justin Turpin of Redline Media. He caught up with Cordero Patterson at a Massachusetts Pirates game. The Massachusetts Pirates, by the way, officially are from, uh, members of the National Arena League. Of course, they play in Worcester, the Massachusetts Pirates. And Justin Turpin catches up with Cordero Patterson and asks him, what's it like to be a Super Bowl champion now?
1: Rabbi Media. One question. One question. Mike, to be a Super Bowl champion. I'd like to like be a Super Bowl champion. Honestly, that's Super Bowl don't mean shit to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a new world right now. I'm on a new team, so it's a new opportunity for me to, you know, to bring my legacy and live on to another team. So whatever happens in the last year in the past, it's in the
0: past. So I'm trying to just move forward. Well, what do you think of those comments from Cordero Patterson? I got to tell you, Mike. You know what the, I think? I think he talks like he's still a patriot.
1: That is exactly what I was thinking. I mean, it sounds like he's trying to take it. And, I mean, it's you, you got to play to the crowd, though. I mean, you're in Massachusetts. <laughs> you you, you got to at least give a nod of the, the cap to what you did last season. Uh, But he's certainly, hey, you know, he's all business. He's taking it. Uh, You know, he's turning the page. Do your job. Ignore the noise. And uh, let's take it to the Bears and, and reproduce it there with Mitch Trubisky. Why not?
0: How much do you think they'll miss, CP?
1: I think it's an underrated thing. I mean, I, there's not a lot of talk about who's going to return kicks for the Patriots, and I don't think we really have any idea at this point. I mean, there's been some talk of Sony Michelle doing it, but I, I think I'd like to save his knees for just <laughs> running back carries as much as possible. Um, and, and you know, I think. his Patterson did a lot of different things. I mean, he was that kind of gadget guy, you know, in the offense. And I mean, you you, you never want to see him taking running back snaps. So, you know, part of the reason they bring in Harris, I think part of the reason they brought back Brandon Bolden is like, geez, we can't get ourselves in a spot where, you know, we got to try to have a wide receiver play running back for us. Um, You know, so I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how it all plays out.
0: Braxton Berrios, He's somebody we did not mention in the wide receiver group. To me, he is one of the five biggest X Factors to the 2019 Patriots.
1: Yeah, I agree. Same thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you just want to try to take some wear and tear off of Edelman, and, you, and you'd love to get a second, you know, kind of quick open little slot guy like Edelman was. Such a perfect complement to Edelman. You had those two guys inside on, you know, on third downs when you'd have four wide receivers out there maybe uh so it's it's going to be interesting to see i mean you love the kind of competitive juice that Barrios seems to have uh i know we made a a big catch in minicamp, so yeah he's definitely a guy to watch and and really you know those are the players the receiver that that makes this offense go they need to find someone who can be the next julian edelman
0: all right we want to get your opinion on a question that was posed uh in a terrific column by phil perry of NBC sports boston and uh, of the many debates uh, and questions that they pose to their uh, audience uh, this summer, Phil posed this one recently: You got one of these players, and you got to choose one: Dion Branch or Danny Amendola? Who and why, Mike Duceau?
1: I, I, really, I pondered that one for, uh, for a long time. I mean, obviously, uh, Amendola near and dear to our heart. And so I, you know, went back. I really wanted to weigh branch. And, and, you know, as I look back and, and today I went and really stacked up the stats of, you know, who's been most clutch in third downs in the playoffs and that kind of stuff. And, and in the end I came out on branch and, and I feel good with the stats that I kind of looked at. Amendola has certainly made some big clutch catches that stand out in all our minds. And I think that's why he's so beloved and so, you know, people want to defend. Him, but Branch was really good. He was also he didn't have the supporting cast. He was the guy, uh, the receiver for those teams in two thousand three, two thousand four. You have you know twenty one game unbeaten streak. Uh, he was a great player. So uh, I went with Branch. I think he's he's the right pick. But you know they're both obviously on the hall of uh, you
0: know on the on the on the on the wall of fame. Uh, I don't argue with that one iota. I think that's a great breakdown. I think I would agree with that. I think Dion Branch had the Marginally better skill set, uh, and Amendola probably made a few bigger catches over the course of his career. Though, what was Dion Branch in Super Bowl thirty-nine? Mm-hmm. He was the MVP. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think Dion Branch is no- remembered for his one huge game uh, in Super Bowl thirty-nine when he was the MVP. Whereas Danny Amendola had a number of big postseason games. Yeah, I'd, I'd
1: throw the Dion Branch touchdown against the Steelers in 2004, you know, that, that kind of put the final that. dagger in there, you know, Um that, you know, that little run right there for him was real nice. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I also weighed the fact that, geez, I mean, if Dion Branch was on the Patriots in 2006, do they do they get over the hump with Indy? Do they close out Indy and, and then beat the Bears for that Super Bowl? But then you know, to do, do they go out and get Moss, Welker, and Stallworth and all that in two thousand seven? So it's it's fun to, to debate. He's Branch is obviously a fascinating player because he was one of those guys that then came back and and again uh, you know reunited with Brady, which is always fun as well. So uh, it's a fun debate.
0: And nobody ran a shuttle better in the eyes of Bill Belichick. Then one Dion branch, three point seven that 's pretty fast.
1: Oof, i mean he loves those little quick guys and i mean just and, and ones i mean i think what what they had in common was just a, a remarkable ability to hold on to the ball you know while in the air i mean some of those catches that that you look at both players made in super Bowls are just how did he come down with that i mean i remember asking myself with in, in both you know super Bowl 39 back in super Bowl 50 51 you know so it's uh it's it's just remarkable how they've had this continuity with that kind of position and and the synergy with Tom Brady that that they seem to have.
0: Just for those who may not know, the shuttle, of course, is one of the uh, scouting combine uh, drills that you go through. You run cone-to-cone five yards, you go back to the beginning, you run cone-to-cone 10 yards and back, and that is the uh, three-cone shuttle, uh, excuse me, that is the uh, shuttle drill, and he did it in 3.7 seconds.
1: I saw your. I saw the video last year of, uh, of your CLNS coworkers there, Evan and uh, and Alex doing it. I thought they did, they did pretty good. I'm not sure if they beat Dion this time, but it looked um, pretty
0: close. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Dion could uh, probably you could fit four or five Dion Branch <laughs> shuttles within what they were able to do. You know, we've talked all uh, podcast long about the offense. Let's give some love to the defense. I think this Patriots defense is going to be very dynamic, uh, but the word that is uh, more prominent in my mind more than anything else is they're going to be very deep.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I think they did a good job of, of kind of insulating themselves after losing Trey Flowers. And, and again, like Gronk, you're not going to replace all of what Trey Flowers did, but uh, I think they, they're pretty well stocked at defensive end. I love bringing back John Simon and, you know, we're all curious how Derek Rivers projects. And then you bring in Chase Winovich, who, you know, looks like a madman. So that's great. Um, and and then just to bring back Jamie Collins, I mean, him on top of with Juwan Bentley returning, just the boost that that, you know, linebacker core is going to get this year is, is, is remarkable. And then, to throw it in, you've got your entire secondary pretty much returning.
0: I mean, I, you know, the wor- maybe not deep is the wrong word. Versatile. There are so many things that Bill Belichick is going to be able to do with his front seven or just, you know, even gimmick it up more if he wants to go, you know, six up front and drop one of his linebackers back in coverage or play eight in the box. I mean, there are so many different options for – Belichick, I think, in this particular instance, because he has so much talent and so much experience, you know, in the, I, I would say, the, the front two lines of his defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and there's just, I, I love the depth of the linebacker now that, that just wasn't there the last, you know, ever since they got rid of Jamie Collins, they've been kind of scraping by. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the things that they're going to be able to do with Van Noy and Collins and Hightower and Michael Bennett and, and Adam Butler... Uh, it's just, it's, it's, they can move them around, you know, and, and it, let's face it, you got to think about this defense in the context of having them play Kansas City in the playoffs again. Uh, and I think now you've just, you've added more athleticism to the second level, which had been a weakness for the last couple of years.
0: Your tackles are Lawrence Guy, Danny Shelton, Mike Pennell, mm-hmm. picked up from the Jets, Adam Butler. That's pretty good pretty
1: good and Byron Coward the rookie I think he fits the part to a T um I wouldn't be surprised I mean I think him versus Shelton for that kind of backup tackle spot is a spot to watch I mean Shelton you know I think he played better when he was kind of able to do what he used to do which was just kind of penetrate and get upfield uh you know in the in the base defense it, it didn't seem like he could quite grasp the defense and that caused him to be in and out of the lineup a lot during the year. So I think he's kind of on the fence, but I think Cowart looks a lot more of the part, able to eat up space in the middle. So he, he could be one that could steal a job from that group.
0: All right. What are you going to be doing between now and um, next week when camp opens on Thursday? Oh,
1: just trying to get myself focused on what I'm looking for because it's so easy to be overwhelmed when you, when you get there and uh, there's 90 guys on the field and you're, you know, what about that guy? What about that guy? You know, so I, I try to, you know, organize my thoughts ahead of time and be like, all right, this is what I'm looking at and, and we'll start from there and then, you know, kind of see how things evolve. So uh it's exciting. You just kind of relish the uh the final days before all the madness begins.
0: How's your coverage going to shape up on Pat's propaganda? Do you have anything special planned every day, every week? Or are you going to be bringing in guests? What, uh, what should readers be looking for at Pat's propaganda?
1: Yeah, just last year I was able to do uh, some video work, for, you know, from, from Gillette and, uh, you know, just to bring more videos and, uh, you know, just provide my kind of, uh, my perspective on the team and, and, uh, you know, getting, getting to go to training camp is, uh, is great. And, you know, I, I that was one of my biggest, uh, the hardest things is when all this is happening. You're not there. You kind of have to rely on everyone else, and it's it's kind of hard to formulate your own opinion. So, uh, so it'll be fun to try to you know go there and uh, and and bring as much video content uh, from there that I can.
0: Well, I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Mike Dussault, covering the Patriots for Pat'sPropaganda.com. You should be following him if you're not already at Pat's Propaganda. For producer Mike Longi, the founder of the network, Nick Jelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriot's Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media Podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast, or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.